Welcome back to Sporting Goss. We're talking WFL football with Hammer Brayshaw, the captain of the West Coast Eagles waffle team, who had a week off and now play a bizarre time for a waffle league game at 11.40 up there at Joondalup at Provident Financial Oval against West Perth. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me back, Goss. Yeah, it is a bit of a weird one. Feels like I'm playing Colts footy again. Uh, <laughs> waking up, kicking the Jew off the deck. But uh, no, it'll be... Uh, Good game, a nice little week off, refresh, and uh, hopefully you should have a good team in. And momentum too. You were under, you're in a bit of form going into that break. Yeah, we uh, we were having a look at last night at training. I think in the last six weeks we're coming. Or if the ladder was over six weeks, in the last six we'd be, I think, second behind West Perth. So it'll um, it'll be a good game, certainly. What's there to achieve in the last couple of games for the West Coast Waffle? Uh, I think for us, I mean, finals is out of contention, but I think for us it's just setting a brand of footy that we, you know, we can maintain uh, regardless of AFL. Personality or personnel, sorry. Uh, I think the start of the year we sort of had a couple of games where we were in it for two quarters and then got smacked. And so if we, you know, if we've got sixteen quarters of footy left, if we can play fifteen of sixteen, that's probably what we're looking to do: set ourselves up for a good brand of footy that can be recognised and then bleed that into next year. A lot of questions without notice. Hammer Brayshaw, our guest. So let's talk about players that you think have benefited from their waffle experience, excluding your waffle top-ups. Yep. Talk about just your AFL-listed players. Yep. Who do you think has used the waffle system to the best of their advantage to further their career, whether they've been giving lots of games or whether they are up in the top team right now or where you see them going in the future? Uh, off the, Harry Edwards, for mine, would probably be the number one this year. I think he's when he's come back and played waffle foot, he's played to a you know an elite standard and really had to play on the best forward that you know they've the other teams have had, and that has seen him in good stead. He played on the weekend. Um, not sure what happens where TB sort of fits into it if he comes back to the waffle or not, but um, yeah, I think Harry's really relished that opportunity. Same as uh, Luke Foley, I think has mm. really really done some things. Um, ben Johnson's another one that I think's been playing some really good waffle footy and really enjoying the. You know, he's, he hasn't played in too many games over the last sort of year and a half. We had scrimmage last year, and he said the first win we had this year was his first win in nearly two years. So, you know, he's <laughs> just getting continuity in his football, I think, has been really, really good for him. Do you see him as an AFL player? I, I do. I mean, I, I do. I think he's You're not on list management. I get all that. But do you no. think he is what West Coast – he's got dash. Uh, he's got a bit of courage. Yep. Um I reckon he's got some flexibility too. He can play back. I reckon he can play through mid because of his speed. Um, and it's not the Ben Johnson, but he does have the speed of Ben Johnson. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, do you do you see a future for him? Yeah, I, I mean, I do. I think for him, I think the the development that you, you sort of get in the first two years, I think some blokes, it's different. So some guys can come in and they're developed within, you know, six months and they're ready to go. Whereas I think it's taken Ben until this point to be at his, you know, where he probably needs to be. And he's playing some really good footy. You watch him play waffle. He's, he's all over the place. Like he knows what he's doing. He knows where to go. He can play forward. He can play back. Um, I, I certainly see him having some potential at the next level. I think at this level that he's at, I think Caleb Daniels is a sort of player that's pretty similar to him. Small yep. player in the defence that really uses the ball. Ben's a great kick. He takes out kick-ins because he can, you know, really use the footy. So I think he's developed to a point now where he's, you know, definitely got budding potential. So I'd um, I'd hang on to him, but I'm not least manager. I tell you what, you've been spoiled with, um, and I don't know how it's worked for you uh, as a brother, but it's been your sport. Angus was here on the weekend. You've got Andrew living here, of course, we see a lot of, um, and you know, playing footy and, and Melbourne had a win and Frio didn't, you know, sort of uh, were a little bit off in patches. Um, end of the day, um, 
How are the boys going? How How's Angus going? He must be excited about where Melbourne's at. Yeah, they're going well. I mean, they're both in a position. Andrew's playing really good personal footy. Uh, and the team is sort of going in the right direction. And Angus is at a point now where they're, you know, they're real contenders. So he's uh, Angus is enjoying it. I, I didn't get to see him because he was in quarantine. Mm. And I think he's already on the boat. They back, left yeah, straight they left after. last night, the red eye. So straight he's after. back in Melbourne now. But, um, no, he's playing really good footy in Different his role. Different role, isn't yeah, it? Different role. Have you spoken to him about the change? Because he was a hardcore midfielder. Yep. He was a part of that Oliver Petrarca system yep. and probably still is in a roundabout way. But yep. he's a bit more out the back or he's a bit more – He's, he's an option. He's almost a wide option winger now, and, and I think he's – I don't think he got a lot of the ball the other night, but I think he still has a pretty significant part of that win. Yeah, so um, do I. I mean, I think for him uh, the role has changed from 2018 to now. He was an out-and-out -out midfielder inside, yeah. and now he's more that defensive wing sort of role. I think the way he uses the footy is probably the best on that side. Outside, yep. I mean, Stephen May can kick the ball really, really well, but I think Angus can see – He's really good on both sides of his body. Yeah. Can see the ball really well, see the play, and can you know watch it unfold in front of him and help out that way. I think he's really relished that role now. He's accepted that that's what he you know if he wants to win a premiership, which is what the Melbourne Footy Club are trying to do, he's going to have to make that his own. And I think he has he is doing that. Mm. Didn't get a whole lot of the footy on the weekend, uh, sorry on Monday night, but used it well and really helps them and sets their defence up, which I think is. You know, he's taking that on board and, and, you know, they're rolling with it. So he's uh, he's in a good spot. That was bizarre Monday night, wasn't it? Were you there? Yeah, I was there. It was there. bizarre. So, so I was doing the commentary with Hayes and I noticed something about three or four minutes prior. I was watching yep. down the bench. You could see a bit of commotion. I saw Peter Staples from the Eagles. I saw the Melbourne official. Then I saw yep. Tony, the ground manager. I saw these conversations and mobile phones and I'm thinking it's either a COVID breakout yep. and we're all going to get in trouble and we're going to be locked down for two weeks. Something's happening. And when you're inside the stadium, now I don't know where you were seated. Did you know there had been lightning? So I was behind the goals, uh, the, Mel the, the behind the end that West Coast were kicking in the last quarter. So I was behind that end and you, I saw about three bolts of lightning. So the thunder, because the stadium was loud, you couldn't really hear the thunder that yeah. went along with it. So you could just see flashes and blink and you miss it. But there was, I reckon there was about three. Okay. And then... The weather warning, obviously, everyone went off. Yeah. And for the next 30 minutes, it was the calmest 30 minutes of the night. It was the best 30. Was, we could have got the game out. And <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. There was nothing. It was, you know, calm and there was no rain and it was perfect. Yeah. So, But, yeah, I mean, that's the second weather warning I've been a part of. JLT 2000, last year in against Essendon. So I was told I was only going to play a half a footy. How many are you going to come on in the second half? No worries, no worries. That happens a lot in JLT with the young fellas. Yeah. So I'm out there, you know, ready to go, prepped up, <laughs> halfway through the second quarter. You can see these clouds coming over the hills and it's dark and it's like, oh, geez, here we Was go. Was that an MRP? Yep, lightning, lightning. This. We go into the shed and it's, you know, righto boys, AFL officials have said that we, we might have to put this on hold because of lightning. Everyone's sort of joking around, oh, Hammer, you're getting up for your first JLT game, you're not going to get out there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's the second weather warning I've been a part of. 59 minutes and 29 seconds. So officially the longest quarter of football ever was yep. Monday night in the AFL, according to Sir Swamp Thing. But he did yep. say the lights went out at one and it was the game was delayed into a second day. So well, he said, probably, yeah, that's probably got, got it yeah, covered. Yeah, certainly, if they kept the clock, <laughs> if they kept the clock rolling, that would be uh, a 24 hour. All righty, let's get our teeth into just quickly the other round of fixtures, and we're getting down to the business end. Subiaco, just quickly, Subiaco, remarkable that they would come home and be so far behind early. Ben Sokol with six and the winning goal. Um, Claremont is still going to be very hard to beat, but gee, I tell you what, Subi to storm over the top of them, but Claremont also to give up such a big lead, they'd be hurting. Yeah, they would be. I mean, for Subiaco, I think, and they did it against us when we had our, you know, the best team we've just about ever put on the park. We were 30 points up going into the last quarter and we only won by five points. So they're a team that doesn't stop. No matter what the scoreline is, they're always going to give the same Sokol effort. said their fitness is the key. 
Oh, they are. They, they, yep. They run, kitchen, uh, Clark, they all, and Sokol even gets up and down the yeah, ground better than most. But um, they are, yeah, they're a, a powerhouse and they're going to be very, very hard to beat. All righty. Subiak, and interesting, gee, it was a bit in that game too. With, yeah, there was. Uh, with Mitch of, uh, and yeah, Kitch. A couple of boys rubbed out, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mitch has finally got back into the team and then he got two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Poor bugger. Anyway, um, the sole survivor from the 2011 Premiership team, there's a Claremont reunion. There were three Premiership reunions on Friday night, which I'm involved with, and Mitch is the sole survivor of 2011. It said, and it says on the, my notes, and uh, Kane Mitchell is the only one still playing. And I said, question mark. <laughs> yeah, well, he's how many off 100? I think he's, he's uh, I don't know, a but it's a couple, not, four, not, three or four yeah, of 100 well, games. Uh, he needs to get back needs in the to team. Get back in the team and, and play a few finals. Exactly right. So at the moment, so that loss for Cle- uh, Claremont drops them back to third. So it's a bit of a yep. harsh one for them. All righty, just quickly, Subi play East Shamandal. East Shamandal have been better in patches, but their worst is not good enough yep. and their best is good enough. But what do you make of this game that's at Leadville Oval? Yep, I think Subiakov uh, reclaimed, reclaimed top spot and I don't think they're uh, going to want to let it go. Nothing can change in the top five, but Swans are at home to East Perth and it's fair to say East Perth have been the big improver. Yeah, they've been rolling. I mean, I really like the way they're going about it. Uh, it's at Swan Districts, yep. however, which Still is blue. a really, really tough ground to play at for anyone. Yep. Uh, I think they are rolling. It'll be a close game, but I think Swans will You play hear that. that on SEN Radio. I didn't know a Jenga Jang had left. Neither did He's I. He's playing the country. I saw him was in the country. Is he? Bush and Burbs, I well, saw him. Well, I mean, we didn't, I, didn't, we, I haven't played him once this year, so it sort of makes sense. But, I saw um, him playing early. I thought, geez, um, he's still got the body shape and the vigour to probably play at a better level, but uh, whether he's got the dedication, I'm not exactly sure. There you go. No disrespect. Uh, uh, you'd say that Perth, they've had a wretched run of it. Um, they, they've, their fall from grace has been enormous. I mean, they were, I know it's injuries, I know, but your depth has got to be better than that. Yeah, it does. I mean... Yeah, it is a hard one because it ha- they have really dropped off, but the, the injuries that they've had have all been their very, very best players. So yep. they're playing, you know, half a seconds team and they're playing a couple of Colts kids. So they are, they're trying, but um, it is really difficult when, you know, I think they've got four, what have they got, 10 plus yeah. injuries to their best players. So it's always going to be tough. Yeah, reserves are third on the ladder. Not that, you know, the difference between reserves and league is pretty uh, pretty mm. big. Um, can you beat West Perth? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, but, I, mean, I think so. I you mean, talked about how good they're in. They're in, they're in form. And they have yeah. a chance to, to jump up to third if possible. They're in red hot form. I think the way that they played us at the start of the year, they absolutely smacked us. But we were, you know, in our infant stage of the you season. Were. I think we're a lot different than we are then, and this will be the big test for us. So I mean, the, the work we've put into our team defence and the way, you know, the way we've been able to stop teams scoring against us has been probably the hallmark of our last six weeks. Um, I think in rounds one to 10, we were averaging 132 points against. And now <laughs> in the last six rounds, it's been 67. So, you know, we've really put That's a lot of work big. in there. Yeah, massive. That big. is big. We put a lot of work into our team defense and everyone's buying in from our waffle level to our AFL level. So, the, and these guys move the ball the best of anyone. So this is going to be, you know, the big test for us. If we can get it right, then we're in with a sniff. Um, but they're, you know, on their day, they'll be able to smack anyone. So it's a, uh, it's going to be a big game. Today is Wednesday. Can you give an insight? Do you think you'll get any of the injured players back? And are you looking? Will Willie Rioli play Waffle? Do you think? Jeez, oh, now this is a question for the match committee. I'm not sure. I, I would personally. Play him straight away at the AFL level if we need him. So it'll be Brisbane, won't it? Yeah, it'll be the week, the week after. after. It'll be yeah. Brisbane for us. Uh, what about Fair Derby AFL. if he'd come back? <laughs> it'll be Brisbane for the AFL and Peel uh, Peel for us. Yeah, I mean if we're if we're needing to win a game at AFL level to make finals, I just it's going to be hard to leave Willie mm-hmm. Rioli in the waffle. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, he uh, he should with you know our extended season get at least two games for us. It, 
regardless of what happens mm. at AFL level. So. Lots of retirements in the AFL, but also a retirement in the Waffle. I see uh, Will Schofield pulled Schoey, up yeah. He, uh, what's he done? Broken Broke his, his back. back. Yeah, a couple of You mentioned it on his, on his podcast. I don't listen to it. I wouldn't have any idea where to find it. <laughs> Not a huge fan. Uh, but um, I'm led to believe he... Didn't, never came back in the and it's look you don't wish bad things on anyone but that's a pretty that's a nasty injury we can oh, only yeah. wish him going forward that it doesn't inhibit anything that he does in the future. Yeah, I mean I've personally never broken a back, but no. uh, it'd be certainly something that I wouldn't want to pretty do. Harsh, isn't it? When the cell you've broken my back, yeah. people and you know I've had neck, yeah. but I haven't had the back. And um, look, he was adding something down at Peel, and I mean I know they've another team that hasn't quite got yeah. it right with their AFL-listed players and injuries and stuff, he would have added a lot to that footy club in, with his experience and premiership experience from West Coast. Yeah, he would. He's a, you know, he's a really good football player and yeah. a really good football mind and, and brings a lot of – I mean, he was really good for the culture of whatever club he would have been at. So I think that'll be a big loss for them culture-wise. They're not in – you know, they're another team that's not in the best form, so having him there would have certainly helped. But, I mean, he's – you know, he's played – Close to 200 AFL yeah, games. Wonderful and career. Got the phenomenal best out career. Best, uh, he's won a premiership and now he's broken his back. I don't yeah. think you can ask too much more. No, nah, certainly not. Um, uh, he doesn't look, strike me, last one, doesn't have the demeanour to be a coach. You've got to be, a little, bit, you've got to be a little bit calmer, I'd imagine. Uh, I'm not sure. What, what and he's had his run in with the coaches over the years, Yeah, you he has. <laughs> I mean, he would, to his credit, he would have a very interesting perspective as a coach because yeah. he has had some, you know, he's had some personal relationships that have been good and not so good as a coach, as, as a player. Sam Mitchell might get him because he's done it. He, he did a very good apprenticeship yeah. with Sam saying that he was the best coach he's ever had. And for, without Sam, they don't win the flag. Yeah. And, and, he, and then all of a sudden he put in the word assistant coach. He left out that initially in the first quote. Yep. Yep. So I think and Sam, if Sam's looking for a development coach and, and, and Scoey wants to go back to Victoria... You never know. Yeah, you never know. He, he would bring a really different light on a development <laughs> role, funny, I think. I and he'd be, you know, I, I think if you if he was a development coach and you happen to be an 18-year-old backman, backman, especially that got drafted, I think he'd be great for you. But, I do. You know, we'll see how he goes. And your butt wouldn't touch the seat <laughs> after he'd given you a rev up. Thanks for coming in. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Hammer Brayshaw does it well and uh, keep an eye on them. On the weekend, that's right, Sunday, 11.40. Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> But the best work will be done, PM. This is Sporting Goss.